This episode of 11 Point Collar is brought to you by a couple of geeks who make sounds like these. Oh my gosh, yes. I can't do it. Oh, again? Oh, wow. Oh my God. Oh, yes. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is beyond brilliant. Yeah, I and weirdos like you. It's 11 Point Collar, hosted by J.D. Frog Scout Hansel. Howdy, gang. It's J.D. here with another exciting episode of 11 Point Collar. The main part of this episode, as you know, is my chat with Steve Swanson, and we conversed for a very long time. As you heard a few seconds ago, we had a lot of fun talking, and I think you'll really enjoy this episode, so I'm not going to focus on any other segments in this episode, but I'll have some announcements at the end of the show that relate to what Steve and I talk about. If you're wondering why I had Steve on, there are two reasons. The official one for the media to print is that Steve is starting a new podcast and he decided to announce it on my show. The unofficial reason, which is actually what happened, is that I realized I was really in the mood to do another interview so I asked Steve because I've known him for four or five years now and he's really good at, you know, talking in an interesting fashion. Anyway, I'm going to quickly get this part out of the way and tell you to listen to the latest episodes of this show at our website, mubbithub.com. Aside from the podcast, we've also got articles, videos, and much more. Be sure to check it out and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash jd11pc and follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash jd11pc if you're looking for muppet hub anywhere else on social networks it's also going to be a jd11pc just like our email address jd11pc at gmail.com that's jd11pc isn't everything simpler when it's all the same yeah Shh, quiet louis don't talk sorry okay i've held you listeners captive long enough here's my talk with the creator of the muppet cast and contributor to so many areas of the muppet fan community as we know it today steve swanson so here i am now with steve swanson whom you all know from the muppet cast and all of his other fun stuff say hi steve hi steve <laughs> yeah of course nice thank you you let's set him up or i'll just knock him down all night all right so, I've got some questions for you and a few things for us to just discuss. It doesn't have to be a formal interview. We can just, you know, discuss whatever you want, you know? I don't know if you've listened to uh, any of the other interviews I've, I've had on the show. Well, I have, actually. And I've I got to say, I'm a fan of the show. I actually, I just today listened to your, um, your interview with Ryan Dozier from The Muppet Mindset. Ah, yes. And um, I've, uh, well, I've got some notes. Oh, okay. Um, Mostly for Ryan Dozier. Um, I don't know if, if Ryan's ever been on a podcast before, but I, there, there are some things that, I mean, okay, I, I can only give my opinion on uh, what I felt was, I'm just going to say, an aggressive lack of personality. from. And Ryan, if you're listening, take that in the spirit in which it's intended. You know, I, I thought it was a great episode. I thought your questions, JD, you were great. Oh, thank um, you. You 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 brought him through it really well. Ryan was just I mean, I mean it it was so his side of the conversation was so uninteresting that I completely relived my entire seventh grade year as he spoke. And I offer that as constructive criticism, Ryan. So use that to hopefully build upon. Um, you know, JD, I, I think. You know, the Muppet Mindset has been a great blog. Yeah, uh, I, I've been a reader for years and years. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I think you might have had a better conversation with an earthworm. And Ryan, please don't feel bad about that. 
Well, I um, I tried to help him through it as much as I could. I think I think you did. I think you did a great job. It's just, I mean, you you and I, I said this before we started recording. You've got a great podcaster host voice, and, and I mean, you know as well as I do, the voice is it's a very important part of the overall presentation. Yeah. And, and I mean, with Ryan Dozier, I mean. I, it's a voice so annoying, so annoying that you could hear fish scream underwater. But I say that out of complete love, Ryan. So, um, just some notes, some things to consider. Um, you know, all all the best luck in the world. I, I I hope you do some more of these podcasts, Ryan, because I think there's probably some potential there. Just a couple little little, little hurdles to to maybe get over. But but JD, I love the show. Um, so I'm happy to be here and talk about whatever. Where do I go from there? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> all right. In an effort not to get in too much trouble with too many people, let's move on to something completely different. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I asked Ryan. And Great. Just a few. So I want to start with, when did you first become aware of the Muppet fan community? Oh, gosh. That was probably... It had to be in the early 2000s um, because Muppet Central was probably my first encounter with an online fan community with the Muppets. I'd been a lifelong fan of the Muppets, obviously, having grown up watching Sesame Street and the Muppet Show and all that stuff. But uh, I think it was in college. I was I went to uh, college in Dayton, Ohio, and it had to have been, you know, forums were a big thing back in the uh, back in the way back in the mid 90s, JD. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were around back then, but uh, there it was a uh, there was a forum for Muppet Central that I like oh my gosh other Muppet fans really uh, I you know I, I kind of went away from Muppet fandom in my high school years and I came back in college and saw that hey there's this community of people that they're just talking about the Muppets and wow they're really getting intricate with some of these things they're talking about with the Muppets and um, it was really cool I, I I had a great time sort of typing back and forth with people and my interactions were very sparse at first, and they were for the first probably five to six years on Muppet Central. But I sort of came to know people in the community a little bit better and started to see that, oh my gosh, there's actual, there's Muppeteers on here. There's people with the Muppets that's on Muppet Central. Oh my God. You know, and it was, it was the coolest thing. And uh, that's when I really started to see that, you know what, this fan community is a little bit different than other places online like there's something really cool happening in this group of people yeah that i want to become a part of and so uh of course me being a big music person i loved uh listening to muppet central radio and still do right quite honestly um it's a collection of music that i am still jealous of <laughs> uh, i still i still hear things on there and will say oh my gosh i've never heard that before yep. where did he get that where did that come from? And I'm talking about things like there was a uh, something I posted on my Facebook page the other day. It was a Sesame Street piece with uh, Jim Henson, and I think it's Fran Brill. Uh, the two of them are doing uh, the classic American folk song, Dear Liza. And I went back and watched the Sesame Street video of it. And it's something that Jim Henson did that I was completely unaware of. And it's hilarious. And it's just another one of those pieces. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a little buried a uh, golden nugget of treasure in the Muppet fan vault of all this great music and material. So I'm still finding new things. And my first encounters were way, way back, you know, 15 years ago now. Oh, my gosh. But um, it's 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 still one of my, my absolute favorite things and favorite places to interact with uh, Muppet fans. 
Yeah, Muppet Central. That that seems to be the place where a lot of people came into Muppet fandom because I think that was probably the first Muppet fan site I ever saw. I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think I went from Muppet Central right to the Muppet Cast first, actually. Oh wow! So speaking of the Muppet Cast, nice segue mm. there. Uh, what were some of your influences and inspirations when you were creating the Muppet Cast, and in what way did you try to make your uh, website different from the others? That is a great question. Well. Let's see. But my, my in- big inspiration was actually a contest that I won in December 2006 with a uh, morning radio show that I listened to out of Indianapolis called The Bob and Tom Show. And it's, it's just a, a comedy radio show. And it's really unique because it's uh, Bob and Tom and then two other people, uh, Chick McGee, who does a, a podcast called Off the Air with Chick McGee that I absolutely adore. I, I don't know what the website is, but you just heard me say it and you can Google it if you really want to listen to it. And their their news person, Christy Lee. And these four people have sat in a room every morning for decades. And what they do is hard to describe, but it's funny, it's entertaining, it's informative, and it, they make their own songs, and they do all kinds of stuff. And they become a nationally syndicated radio show. And they used to, every Super Bowl, go to the Bahamas, and they ran a sweepstakes contest. You could enter the contest, and if you won, you got to go to the Bahamas with the Bob and Tom show as their guest, all expenses paid. Uh, to hang out with them on the beach and watch the Super Bowl. And it was just a great time. And I won the contest in 2006. And it was there that I actually met one of my heroes. And some people say never meet your heroes. In some cases, that's true. But in my case, I got to meet a guy named Todd Snyder. Todd Snyder is a singer-songwriter. He's still out there. Look him up on Spotify, YouTube. He's amazing. And I learned how to play guitar to his albums. And I got the opportunity, a rare opportunity in life, to tell someone uh, how much they meant to me, especially with music, which is very much a a part of who I am. And I I told him, you know, hey, I I got to uh, listen to your songs and learned how to play guitar listening to your music, man. Thank you for all this amazing music that you've written. And of course, he was very happy to hear that. And he said, wow, thanks, man. That's that's awesome. That's great. Hey, you know, I'm going to be on the Bob and Tom show tomorrow morning. Uh, They're going to do it live here on the beach. Uh, I brought my guitar. Do you want to maybe play and I'll sing a song on the air? Um, And I hadn't done anything like the Muppet Cast or anything at all live on the air before. Like, um, yeah, (laughs) that would be great. Let's do that, you know? So the next morning they did the show and he called me up. And I played guitar for about 7 million people listening, and he sang his song, and that was really fun. And I I would say, I I always point to that moment when the broadcasting bug really bit me. Yeah. Uh, Because suddenly, I mean, I I, I have no delusions of that I was any kind of on-air talent at that point, but I got to do something really cool on-air, but what's more valuable... And you can relate to this being a podcaster too. I got to see how they put the show together. Yeah, I got I got to see the crew work. I got to see all the tech that goes into it, and all the planning and all the execution that goes around that person or those people behind the microphone. Yep. Because that's only one part of it. And I was I fell in love right there. I was like I I've got to start. I've got to figure out how to do something like this. This is amazing. And at that point, I had already been listening to a couple podcasts. Uh, One was from a guy named Adam Curry from a show called The Daily Source Code, which is, if not the first podcast, one of 
the first podcast and certainly probably the most famous podcast of the early 2000s and mid 2000s. Uh, and then after that, I was also and still am a, a big, huge Disney fan. So the first Disney podcast I listened to was Inside the Magic with a guy named Ricky Briganti. And it's still one of my favorite shows, along with uh, Window to the Magic and some of the other early Disney podcasts. Because I was a Disney freak, I loved this. I could experience something I loved every week in a fan community that was only growing. And the quality of these shows was outstanding. This wasn't just someone, I mean, it was someone just sitting in a room, but it sounded like a full production. This sounded like like, like the Bob and Tom show. It sounded like, like something you could listen to on terrestrial or satellite radio. And I thought, this is amazing. This is where I'm going. I'm going, to do, I'm going to do a podcast, but there were more podcasts in the Disney space that were cropping up by the dozen every week. And I thought, oh man, I don't want to be just another voice in the crowd though. Um, what can I do? What, what kind of show? Because I love Disney, but man, this is tough. Um, well, I love music and I, I'm a songwriter. I love songwriting. You know what? Let me try doing a podcast about songwriting and I'll just find songwriters online who have music uh, like on podcast alley or something like that. And I'll just feature their music and try and get them on. I mean, maybe they'll come on and do an interview. Who knows? You know, they probably want to publicize the stuff that they work on. This could work. And so I started a podcast about music and songwriting that got about six listeners. It, it was kind of disappointing because I loved doing the show I thought I was meeting, and I, I was, I was meeting some great people and they were very, very nice, but uh, just no one was listening. So I thought, okay, that's not going to work, but I'm still, I'm doing this. I'm a podcaster. I'm going to find a show to do. Yeah. Uh, I like the Muppets. I like the Muppets an awful lot. And um, there's, wow, there's, there's no one doing a Muppet pod. Are you serious? No one's doing a Muppet podcast, huh? All right. Well. I could do a Muppet podcast. I've got some CDs. I've got some knowledge around this. I've got a Kermit, a plush Kermit on my shelf over there. I was going to say, um, if you had a living Kermit living in your house, I right, was going to be right. really impressed. <laughs> no, no, not, not nothing quite that exciting. But I thought, you know what? I can totally do this. Um, but I'm not going to do another show just to have, you know, a, a handful of people listening. If I'm going to do this, I want to see if this is going to be worth my time. So I floated the idea out on Muppet Central, I think. And that post might still be out there, actually, um, on the Muppet Central forums. Me floating the idea of saying, hey, if I did a Muppet podcast, I mean, I've never, I, I don't have a lot of experience, but I think it'd be fun if that existed. Would, would you guys listen? If I, if I did a Muppet podcast, would you guys listen to a Muppet podcast? And a lot of people, <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be great. Yes, please do it. Please do a Muppet podcast. And so I did my best. I, I gave it the old college try. And I my first episode was about the wonderful TV special, The Muppets at Walt Disney World, ah. which I thought was great because it's blending my fandoms right there. It's blending Disney and Muppets. What better jumping off point could there be? Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I, I heard you and Ryan talking about your early work. I can't listen to those early shows anymore. <laughs> Any more than you can. I mean, I'm really thankful that people listened and that they, that they stuck with me. I have a very hard time going back and listening to a lot of the early content. It's just, it's so, it was fun to make. 
And I could remember very vividly all the time I spent. That first episode took 18 hours to put together. Oh, gosh. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're telling me, oh, boy, do I yeah. have some stories about my first few episodes and how long it took to try and get those together. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's insane. Why do we do this, JD? I don't it's, know. We like to torture ourselves. It's insane. But I did it. Um, and people, I mean, the, the listeners were there immediately. And they only grew as time went on. But uh, the first experience I had where I really knew, oh, yeah, not only is this good, but um, I think I need to keep doing this was episode six, which was the first Jim Henson tribute, which went online on May 16th of 2007. And uh, that was an important episode to me because Jim's memorial service, I mean, Jim's life meant so much to me and his creations. But thanks to uh, a very dear friend named Kermie Clown, I was able to see Jim Henson's memorial on DVD. And it moved me in such a way that I had to share that with the world. Yeah. And and I, it was sort of my one of my earliest homages to Jim Henson. Not only, I mean, the Muppet cast itself serves as a huge dedication to his work. Right. But th- that early episode was like, you know what? I, I'm going to pay tribute to Jim in the best way I know how. And I invited other listeners, write me, send me email, send me text, send me whatever you got. I'll include it as a part of that. And for, I think, the first few years on May 16th, we did uh, a Jim Henson tribute. And it's funny because... Uh, just like just like I said, and just like you, you know, those early episodes are hard to listen to. But that first one, that first Jim Henson Memorial, uh, I think was an early turning point in the life of the Muppet cast. And I'm I'm happy to say that I didn't do it alone. All you guys helped me. You wrote in and, and you shared things that made it the things that made it special and that made it memorable to me. That you know what, I'm not the only person sitting in my house making this podcast. You guys are all in this with me, and we are all doing this together. And I, it was a very, very touching moment. It was huge, really, for the well, show. Well, keep in mind that when you say all you guys to my listeners, we're talking about about four and a half people, I'd guess. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gosh, those those early days are just so many, so many memories, so many learning experiences. Of okay, you might have thought that this was the best way to do a show, but. Really, you ought to do this instead, you know? And, and I, I got it down from 18 hours to do a one-hour show to about um, about 10 by the time <laughs> everything was said and done. Nice, yeah. In my first uh, 12 episodes, I did my Kermit the Frog impression for the whole entire episode. Oh, wow. I, and you know what? You do a great Kermit the Frog, too, I have to say. Oh, why, thank you very much. I've been working on it for a very long time. Um, well, I, re- I remember that because you and I actually met in person when yeah. you were... Well, I, I remember it was probably about four or five years or so ago that uh, you and your family were here in Ohio and you were camping on vacation. I think it was around July 4th. It, it, and it, you, it was around July 4th. It couldn't have been only four or five years ago because I remember I was really, really, really young and stupid and annoying at the time. And that's a totally <laughs> different person from what that's I am nowhere, now. Nowhere near... The man I'm talking to today, yes. Right. And, um, I, and I had a very high squeaky voice. But now <laughs> now I have learned to not have a high squeaky voice because, right. I kid you not, I pitch shift my voice in every episode of this show to make it lower. 
Oh, nice. Very nice. Well, I can I can tell from the live Skype feed here that it's it's a, it's a little changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, slightly different. I, I and I, you know that's the thing. I love meeting people in person because again, as you know, you're kind of just sitting there by yourself in your house talking into a microphone. Yep. And that gets a little weird sometimes, and you sort of get some some great validation when you can get out and and meet people. And when someone says, hey, I really enjoy what you do, I'm going to be in town. You want to meet up? Nine times out of ten, you're going to go, yes, yes to that. That would be wonderful. And we actually got to meet up when you guys were here camping. And I remember even then, you had a killer Kermit impression. Well, even then, I'd been working on it for a very long time. And so (laughs) because because of that, when I started the podcast, I thought, well, what I ought to do if I want to distinguish my show from the others and if I want to, you know, try and keep, try and avoid using my regular high squeaky voice that I don't like and sounding really, really young, then I ought to disguise my voice with the, with the Kermit voice. Actually, there was one show in there when I did Fozzie instead. And my Fozzie's not quite as good, but it's better than a lot I've heard, so... You yeah. know, Frank voices are really hard to do, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, with, with Sam Eagle, I've found that for me, because I've been working on that so long, that's actually a voice that I slip into pretty well. And actually, Peter Linz, when I met him a couple months ago, complimented me on my Frank Oz impression, which is one of the most meaningful things to ever happen to me in my life. I really like that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, kind of a big uh, deal when a Sesame Street puppeteer says you do a good Frank Oz. Absolutely. Yeah, I, that's and you know that's one of the things that I found um, when I was doing the Muppet Cast is I loved I, I'm not I'm not much of one for voices. Um, I love singing the songs. You know, I, I sang one or two Muppet songs during my time in the Muppet Cast. Um, I am a terrible puppeteer. Okay, I just I can't do it to save my life. Well, um, I don't know where to go from there. Um. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, like, you, you, you got me there, man. I, I, I love a good puppet video. And, you know, that's one of the things that YouTube has been great for the Muppet fan community as well. Yeah. Is it's really opened the door for anyone can do kind of what Jim did back in the early days. Is You know, you make your own puppet frame, your own theater, your own little universe for your characters to live in. Um, the technology is cheaper than it's ever been to... Shoot video, edit video, put the sound in, put some background. I mean, it's it, it's not easy, but if you want to learn how to do it, it's easy to learn how to do this stuff and for people to make their own content to share with everyone else. And I'll tell you what, the Muppet fan community is probably one of the most prolifically creative communities to, create, to, to put out so much great stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love... Yeah, the the podcast that you do, of course. There's Muppet Mindset, Tough Pigs. Um, there's so much Muppet fan Wait, art. Now you have oh to list goodness. all of the Muppet fan sites. You can't just do that. You got to go through all of them now. <sighs> list every single one. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't even do that when I was still podcasting. <laughs> yeah, there's too many now. Um, yeah, there's so and and that that's in and of itself a good thing. Yeah, that's great. But like the there there's I mean fan artists there's. Uh, you know James Hans, right? Uh, Mr. Whitehead. There's uh, there is Kim Kennedy, Dave Haltine. Uh Dave's got his own puppet thing going as well. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's so many people that I, I almost hesitate to, to even begin listing people because 
A, there's a ton of them, and B, I'm going to leave someone out, and I'm going to feel horrible if I do that. So I'm just going to stop listing people, but I love all the Muppet fan art, um, all the Muppet fan content, really, with the exception of, like, the Green Album and those god-awful Fraggle cover albums have been wonderful. All right. So, you know, <laughs> you, you always right do along. that. You always have say something a little bit negative and then completely stop talking and i have to figure out some way to transition to something else and you know see this is what you can do when you're not the host yeah you got me there um it's interesting (laughs) i i had planned out a couple of questions to ask you for this interview and then i thought you know i probably don't have enough so i quickly added a few more and so far i've gotten through two and oh good okay we're like a half an hour into this already so this is sort of like the uh, the interview that I did with Carol Spinney. We, I had an hour with him and asked him four questions. One thing that I want to make sure that we do get to talk about before we run out of time, since apparently if I say anything, we can just go on and on and on forever, uh, which is what I hoped would happen, actually. But <laughs> right, what we yeah. have to talk about is Muppets Most Wanted. And definitely, I think what what everyone does when they see Muppets Most Wanted is compare it to the Muppets. That's something that's never really happened before uh, in the Muppet movie series, I don't think. Maybe a bit with the great Muppet caper, uh, comparing that to the Muppet movie, but this is the first time when we've really had a direct sequel. And so I was curious about your thoughts on Muppets Most Wanted and how it holds up to uh, to the Muppets. And, you know, how are they similar? Which one do you think is better? Which is your favorite? What do you think? Wow. That's actually sort of a complicated question because well that actually was grammatically a very complicated question and i'm not sure if it's really a question at all grammatically metaphorically esoterically hard i don't know um it's you know i i liked i liked them both i think i liked 2011 a little bit more really um i'm just gonna call it that because saying the muppets is silly as as you established uh with with dozier on the podcast calling it the muppets is is still silly and calling the sequel the muppets again was a terrible idea that i'm really glad that they changed even though the title song still says the muppets again and i privately snicker every time i hear that me too man that drives me crazy oh my gosh yes it's like oh if they could have just altered something slightly there so that they weren't suggesting that the title of the film was the Muppets again right before the, the right before it says Muppets most well. Oh. And I mean I've watched the movie with people who aren't I'm going to say in the know. Okay. And it doesn't phase them at all. They don't notice. But it that doesn't matter what they don't know cuz I know it. Right. And it drives me friggin' crazy. Yeah. Um Every time it's oh, you couldn't have spent what 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 did it cost an extra twenty five cents to fix that? From what I've heard, they did try to see if it was possible to fix that somehow, but they couldn't figure out the right way to do it. I mean, really, uh. I think that in order to do that well, they would have had to reshoot a lot of that opening scene, right? Uh, some of it possibly. Um, although I do like the idea of being self referential the way they were and calling it a sequel. I liked that part of it. The the movie uh, Muppets Most Wanted began the way it should have begun with the end. Yes. I, I like that. I love that. Yes. What I didn't need and what sort of puts me off of Muppets Most Wanted, uh, not that it's a bad movie, and I'm not saying that I dislike it, but I didn't need Together Again Again. Neither did I. That, I, when, I when I realized... Uh, that that's what that's where that's where we're going. That's how we're going to end this. That was kind of awful. Yeah. Um, 
it, it yeah, kind of broke my heart when I was sitting in the theater having, I, I tried so hard not to learn anything about the upcoming movie. Didn't want to know anything about it going in because I knew right. everything about the 2011 movie going into that one. I knew every cameo, every song, all the details. So oh, yeah. Muppets Most Wanted was a total surprise. Didn't know what songs were coming or what plot twists were coming or what cameos were coming. I knew nothing going into that. And I was really looking forward to a big closing number. And then I hear together again and go, wait, we don't get an original closing number. What are you doing? Oh, no. No, we don't. No, we're, we're just going to... Well, we, we rehashed Rainbow Connection for the first movie and you didn't complain about that. So we're going to do it again with this movie. Um... I, you know, uh, it just, it, it kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Yep. I understand why they would have done it. And you, I got, you actually made a good point in earlier shows that 2011 was a good film for kids, for just about anyone, you know, cause Frank Oz even said, you know, it's kind of cutesy and it is kind of cutesy, but you know what? I like kind of cutesy every now and then. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't like it in a Muppet movie though. Well, uh, they, they do need a little, it, it could have used a little more heart. But we are talking about Disney, and they're going to market it to. They're going to market it across the board. They're not going to target necessarily anyone, and that is to the detriment of the Muppets. And I understand that too, and I admit that. Um, Muppets Most Wanted felt a lot to me like, okay, this worked the first time, so let's see what happens when we try to remake the Great Muppet Caper. Well, it's more of the same, like they say in the opening number. It's just, yeah, I, I you didn't have you. I mean, you're Disney. You've got more creative minds working for you than any other entertainment entity on the planet. And this is what you came up with? Well, one thing that um, one thing that I have to ask you about, though, is do you think that the issues with Muppets Most Wanted that you have are a Disney thing? Like Disney said, OK, make a Muppet movie that's just like this. Or it's that the writers presented this to Disney and Disney said, OK, it'll probably sell. I think it's probably, you know what, the writers probably, you, you, you got a good point. The writers probably did have a good concept, a good idea. I mean, movie scripts go through so many, so many iterations. There are so many changes that happen, but by the time you see the movie on the screen, it does not resemble the first draft of the script. It just doesn't. There's so many changes, so many notes that people at the studio give. I'm sure this movie got turned around, tumbled around did more gymnastics on paper than many other movies that go through uh, the Disney studios. But still, it just, it felt like we were almost going to get a great movie. We just had a couple little turns on the road and it just, it just, it didn't, it didn't stick with me. You know, I mean, the Muppet movie is still my favorite. I compare, and rightly or wrongly, I compare every Muppet movie I've ever seen to the Muppet movie. How how do you compare Muppet Treasure Island or the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol to the Muppet movie? How does that work? Good question. Not, neither of those two are as good as the Muppet movie, although e each of them are entertaining in their own right. Case in point, I was just uh, tooling around the house doing some stuff the other night, and I put Muppet Treasure Island on Netflix. Why? Because it's Muppets. I can get it on Netflix, which is also really awesome. Yep. Um, and... It's it's a fun movie, and that's exactly. And I probably should have spoken a little bit more about that. I'm not saying that Muppets Most Wanted is a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. Um, it's one that I'll put on Netflix while I'm tooling around the house one day. It doesn't require my full attention because the emotional content isn't quite there to pull me in. It's cute. 
it's got some cute songs. It's, it's not as cute as 2011 as we've established, but um, it's and it's got some funny parts. You know, my favorite moment in it is the uh, the interrogation song. I love that. I think it's just hilarious. Um, it's also very creative um, word wise. I'm a, I'm a word person. I'm a writer, so I, it's it's very quick and very clever. And I think it's really cool. Um, so hard to memorize, though. Very. Like, there have been. Oh, there have been so many times when I've been trying to say, you know, I think they did it. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. And we can pin it. If they did, how did they do it? If they did not, they did it. I can't do it. All, all the time. I, I feel your pain. I do that all the time. Yes. Um, and that's a, that's a fun song. And that's actually like a very Muppety kind of song. Um, yep. I don't feel like The Big House is necessarily a Muppet kind of song. But it's still a really good song, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, stylistically, it's cool. I've heard some other versions of these songs sung by Brett McKenzie that I thought, oh, that's cool. That's maybe where that song started. And then, then it became, you know, from a rockabilly song, it became a disco song, talking about Constantine's little tune that he sings to Miss Picky. It's a good movie, but it's just kind of like, eh, it, it doesn't stick with me. It, it doesn't stick on me the same way that the Muppet movie and Great Muppet Caper, and even Muppets Take Manhattan, and you know, th- there's there are there are better Muppet films that have better elements to a, a, a Muppet film. The problem is, I don't think, and feel free to disagree with me on this, but I don't think that there is a formula, a winning formula to making a good Muppet film. It's either a good one or it's not. And you can easily, once the film is made, you can easily define why this movie didn't quite stack up against that other movie. But there are just certain Muppet movies that are always going to be maybe definably or indefinably better than others. Well, what I got to ask you about now is Life's a Happy Song, because that that's one of those songs that I've got an interesting relationship, that I have an interesting relationship with, uh, because it's good, and I really, really like it, half the time when I listen to it, and the other half the time that I listen to it, I hate it. The times when I like it are when I'm just listening to the song and enjoying how fun it is, because it's it's a fun song. It is. Um, the times when I hate it are when I go, oh gosh, if I was to play this song for anyone and say, this, this is the song that defines the 2011 Muppet movie, this is a Muppet song, I'd be embarrassed because it's so darn cute. <laughs> and yet... You know, I'm I'm really curious about your thoughts on Life's a Happy Song, because I've heard you say that that's the song that should have won the Oscar for the 2011 Muppet movie. And I stand by that, yes, because it's an establishing song. Okay, let's th- let's think about this. So, uh, the Muppet movie, what's the establishing song? Rainbow Connection. Right. Arguably one of the best Muppet songs ever written. It's only sang by one character, but mm-hmm. everybody knows it. It sets up the tone... Um, it sets everything up about the Muppet movie. Um, let's see what. Right. Hey, a movie establishing song. Great yep. Muppet caper um, establishes the tone. It 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 gets you. It pulls you into the movie. Right. It says, okay, here we go. This is happening, and you're coming along with us. Um, That's the kind of song that I like. Generally, I like yes. it when the beginning of the movie, even if it's not a musical, I like it when the movie right away grabs you and says. We're going to go have some fun in movie land because yes. we can. Come along with us. Join yes, us. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Muppets Take Manhattan uh, together again. Just the first time. Not again, again. But yeah. Right. Um, again, sets it up. 
pulls you in kind of short, um, but it, it's good establishing shots of New York and, and kind of pulls you into New England. But once it kicks up with the Muppets, you know, you still, hey, it's fun. It's a Muppet movie. Here we go. You're coming along. Um, this this is a pattern in Muppet movies. It's, you know, you're, the first number sets the stage, sets the tone, and, and here we go. And I think Life's a Happy Song does a more than admirable job of that. Um, it's catchy. It tells you what's going on. Not, it doesn't really tell you. No, that's that's not true. It doesn't tell you what's going on. Um, but it gets you kind of happy. It's, hey, you haven't seen us in a while. We've been away for a long time without any new movies. But now we're back. We're happy. And granted, it's Walter. And we get to see uh, uh, an establishing song with Walter and a bunch of humans. But for me, it's still, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. And it's one of those things that, you know, I can't tell you why Let It Be and Hey Jude are tied for my favorite songs ever, but they just are. Um, there's just something about those songs that that speak to me. And Life's a Happy Song speaks to me as one of the better establishing Muppet songs. Now, not the best, not the best. We're talking about top five. But if they were going to pick any song in 2011 to come back from a very long absence of no Muppet cinematic content, certainly. We, we, we could talk about TV and video and other things, but cinematic content, this was the first thing you were going to see. That's not a bad way to come back into it. And even we're doing a sequel also isn't bad. In fact, it's more explicit about talking about, you know, here's what's about to happen. Just we're doing a sequel has a terrible ending to the song. What do you mean by that? It's the Muppets again. Come on. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah, but suppose that they had kept the original title, The Muppets, again. Then would it still be a bad way to end the song? No, it would not, because that would have been the title of the movie. It still would have been a terrible title for a movie, but it would have been a better ending to the song. So in other words, in terms of in terms of the um, uh, and in the next uh, lap of this conversation, let's see if we can keep the circle going. <laughs> oh gosh, oh this conversation just got interesting. So oh, you yeah. think you think that the way to say "Hey, the Muppets are back" is with a song that goes "La la 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 la." That to me would be great for a Sesame Street movie, but. For a Muppet movie, I don't think that it feels like a Muppety song, whereas we're doing a sequel really feels like a Muppety song. You know what? I'm with you until a certain point, and, and this okay. is me going putting my music hat on. Um, melodically... By the way, your music hat looks very nice. I just, oh, thank I, you. I, I like just, the color. It matches your outfit very nicely. I, I just had the feather replaced. I appreciate that. Yeah. But, you know, you got you get the banjo going, the, the band's striking up, and here we go. There was just something about the melody towards the middle of it. Da, 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 da. This, da, da, this is where we get to do it all again. Oh, God, that was flat. Please auto-tune me on that part. That was awful. But I don't know how to use auto-tune. If you teach me, then that'll be great. No, oh, I'll sh- be able to use that. But Sure, we'll sit down sometime and I'll, we'll, we'll go over that. But, uh, okay. but that little we'll get to do it all again, that, that part, that I don't know why. I, I need a Muppet song to be singable. That melody just pulls you up too high it's not singable anymore it's less catchy it's too disjointed and this uh, i don't know that that song is an establishing song it it wound up feeling a little disjointed for me i but all the elements for life's a happy song just kind of came together in this nice little crock pot and everything melted and tasted yummy 
and just kind of left me with a better feeling at the end of it. And, well, Life's a Happy Song was used at the beginning of the movie in this little town that is supposed to be over the top. You oh, yeah. can tell it's designed to be like, like, uh, sort of like a child's playset kind of neighborhood. It, you know what oh. it reminded me of, actually? It reminded me of Springfield from The Simpsons okay. because they didn't they cloud out the map when they zoomed in. So you don't know what state oh. this is going to be in. And you don't really know what state Springfield is in. It, it was very, very similar to me. I had a good giggle when they did that on screen. Yeah, I see what you mean now, actually. But uh, yeah, so it's. It, I think that Life's a Happy Song could work if you say, well, it's just expressing how over the top this town is with all of its ridiculous cuteness. Sure. And so I think I would have been fine with that song had the closing number in the 2011 Muppet movie been a different song that was more so in a Muppety style, like um, We're Doing a Sequel, or I'm Number One, You're Number Two, or the Interrogation Song. All three of those songs I just mentioned sound Muppety to me, but I can't think of one song in the 2011 Muppet movie that sounds really, really Muppety. That sounds like the kind of Muppet song that you would hear in the 70s or the 80s. I think some of the songs in, in the 2011 movie also kind of relied on more of an awareness of pop culture, Case in point, let's talk about Man versus Muppet. I still contend man it was not... Man versus Muppet. Who is the man... bad memory now? Man oh, versus Muppet. Oh, wow. So, wrap one up for you. from Animal Planet. Man versus Muppet. Take down. <laughs> uh, that's right. Um, man or Muppet, I, you know, it's it's a funny song. Well, it's, it's the thing is, it's not really a funny song. It's, it's an emotional song. It became funny if you knew the TV show uh, Big Bang Theory, right? Because once that guy came on screen, I don't know about you, but all the people who I went to see the movie with lost their mind. Oh my gosh, it's him! That's why it was a a funny song for them. It wasn't that it was a particularly great song. It wasn't. It was, you you, you could, if you were a decent songwriter and had to write an emotional song, you'd probably write a better one than that, quite honestly. Um, Well, I think that the, the song is supposed to be parodying that style of ridiculously emotional songs that are very cliche. An admirable job, but it's only admirable if you're familiar with pop culture enough to know that that's what you're parodying. It's not that it was a Muppet piece. It was that it was a pop culture. uh, It it was a a comment upon uh, pop culture. And here's this part of the movie that you've seen it in every other part of the movie, you know, in every other movie, every movie has this part. Here's ours. Right. And I think it's okay for a Muppet movie to do that because Absolutely. I think, I mean, the, the Muppets have done songs that are spoofing genres and things like that before. They're known for parody. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, and they're very, very good at it, too. Oh, yeah. That's why, we still, that's why we still watch The Muppet Show, right? All five seasons, Disney. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble with both Disney and Ryan Dozier. <sighs> Steve. What am I going to do now? So, Steve. What can yes. you tell us here at Muppet Hub about Frog Fan 76? Well, I know exactly who Frog Fan 76 is. And if you finally wa- someone who knows. And if you want to know, I accept personal checks, money orders. I have a square little doohickey if you want to send me your card number. Um, if you want to know, no, I'm kidding. I have no idea who Frog Fan 76 is, but I absolutely agree with the earlier comments I heard in your podcast about like it's it's one of the kind of cool things in our fan community like there's this character that probably just like you i have my theories 
about right. who it is. But that's so freaking cool, isn't it? It's like, who is FrogFan76? Who is it? I think, you know, it's everyone kind of like asks every time he posts a new vlog, especially. He's so funny. And okay, all I've, right. You I've ready gone, for my fan theory? Uh, okay, go ahead. What do, you, what do you think? All right, my fan theory is that FrogFan76 is performed by the same performer of Waldorf's wife, Astoria, who is also the British correspondent, <laughs> who is also Ned Schimmelfinney. <laughs> nice. Um, that is exactly what I came up with, too. That's amazing. No, um, it, great, it's one of those Muffet things. Great fan minds think alike. I, I think they do. I don't think we'll ever know. And I think that is so incredibly cool. If we do well, know, it, it, I don't think it'll take away if the person ever comes forth and says, hey, it's me. Because then they're going to have to prove it, but I, it's just it's it's one of the coolest little things. It, it's it it also speaks to the creativity of the community, right? Like who yeah. would have thought to make up a puppet character to be a fan, but not not only to be a fan, but to be such a famous one? Like yeah, I, I, who was was it you that said uh, Walter was sort of uh, a version of an embodiment of Frog Fan seventy six? Um, I actually think Walter is a pretty good Muppet version of Ryan Dozier, to be quite honest with you. And I've always, I've always held that theory to be. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Walter is Ryan Dozier. So yeah, I think Frogfan76 is is such a fun character, and one of the reasons why I keep talking about him is that hopefully he'll come on the podcast sometime. But I don't know, probably not. But I think that if he ever wanted to get a job at a place like you know, Sesame Street or Disney or the Henson Company or something like that, then he would be able to say, hey, I know you guys don't like everyone to know, particularly at Disney, about the Muppeteers. You don't like people to interview them. Well, for several years, I managed to puppeteer this character without anyone knowing who I was. Mm-hmm. Yes. That that could be used to his advantage. It, or it really could. The, the, the disadvantage would be if another fan was to train themselves to imitate FrogFan76's voice, then they could take all the credit for it. Oh my gosh, can you even imagine? Oh, an imposter. They're probably, I'm sure our Muppet fandom, or our community, I mean, is so different from the others in so many different ways. We could talk about how ours is different forever, but I think that we, we don't even just have theories about uh, the media that we are circled around. We have theories about the fans of the media that we, oh gosh. Isn't that just, and you know, one way that we are not like most other fandoms though, and uh, this is still kind of a thing that, it, it, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but it's sort of, um, I've heard you talk about this before, and it's always kind of been in the back of my mind. Okay, so Star Wars, I mean, Star Trek has the Trekkies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are we? What are Muppet yeah. fans? We don't have a name. I talk about that a lot, actually, how, how you know, you've got your Trekkies, Bronies, Whovians, different names. And right. it's, I've, I've thought of a few. It's just the difficult thing would be, even though, even though all the Muppet fans tend to get along well, and it's really oh. difficult for Muppet fans to get in a fight. You with, haven't spent a lot of time on Muppet Central, have you? Actually, you're right. I have not spent much time on Muppet <laughs> Central form. Now that I think about it, okay, there can be fighting. There can't really be any hatred, though, because it's Muppet But it's fans, out of love, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, completely out of love. Yeah, it all is. That's that's the important thing. And yet, I, I mean, I, I, I can come out here and say Ryan Dozier might have been the worst guest you've ever had in the history of the podcast, but it's completely out of love. You're going to get me in so much trouble, Steve. But <laughs> I I think that uh, we would not be able to agree on a name because we've tried before. Oh, we've tried. We've certainly tried. I I tried on the Muppet Cast too, and I mean there were there were some good candidates, but 
I, I don't think anything will stick, primarily because we are so creative as Muppet fans. However, also as Muppet fans, we are so trained to embrace chaos and nonconformity that to yep. come up with one singular name is, I mean, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I've always put Frog Scout in the middle of my name on this show, uh, and I don't know why now that I think about it. I think that's another holdover from back when I was doing the Kermit voice for the whole show. I still keep the Kermit voice for the opening of the show, of course. Um, oh, but, I love it. Yeah. But uh, with Frog Scout, I just always thought, Frog Scout, that's one thing where if I say, if I have Frog Scout in my name, then to the people in the know... That shows that I'm a Muppet fan, because the Frog well, Scouts are, yeah. you know, they're they're a part of that. They're sort of the equivalent of um, the Mouseketeers. I was going to say, Robin was one of the Frog Scouts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I especially like the episode in which they all turn into punk rockers when Debbie Harry's Oh, there. yes. I just watched that episode again the other day, too. That's oh, you a great did? one. Oh, that's, I loved it, yeah. That's an interesting episode for me, because when you watch the Muppet Show, for most of the show, it feels very, 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 very 1970s. It and does. then there's that one episode, the Debbie Harry mm-hmm. episode, that is so oh, 80s. It's great. And you know what's also great? It's from the fifth season, which yep. needs to be out on DVD, Disney. See what I did there? Yeah, I, I did see what you did there. You know, it's I know that Muppet fans cannot agree on a name, but I think it would be interesting if we could at least agree on some kind of a slogan. You know, something that defines us. There you go. I like that. The one that I thought of, the one that really sticks out to me, and that I, w- I would really like it if this was a slogan or a phrase that caught on, is seasons four and five while we're still alive. <gasps> oh, my God. Yep. JD, that's brilliant. I have tried a couple of times to get that on a t-shirt in Muppet Hub's store, but I've been having issues with Zazzle and then issues with uh, Photoshop for the design and I couldn't put it all together. But soon I'm going to find a way to get that out there on a t-shirt because- Oh my gosh. I, I like it. I think that that sums up the attitude because half of the Muppet Wiki's posts nowadays are about how we want seasons four and five released. It's so, yes. it's so important to us. And I think that- that statement sums up our attitude right now and what our attitude has been for quite a few years. Oh my gosh, that is beyond brilliant. Yeah, there are people listening to this show right now, Muppet fan artists. And in fact, I call on you Muppet fan artists, design this logo for JD. This has to be a t-shirt. If you, I mean, there are people, there are screen printers out there. That's how I got my, uh, it's not a golf ball t-shirt printed. I I found a, a, a local printer. I didn't go through Zazzle. Uh, dude, you need to get that shirt made. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I think, Steve, what you got to remember is four and a half listeners. So if, if you would like that <laughs> okay, on a T-shirt, well. all I need you to do is, like, you know, post about it on Facebook to your uh, 85,000 friends or whatever it is. We can and do then, that. And then, yeah, then it'll probably happen. Yeah, I want to we'll, I want to wear this T-shirt around. Hey, we'll, we'll, make, we'll make that happen. I'll, if we get that T-shirt, I'll post a picture of me wearing it. That needs to happen. <laughs> All right, so it's been decided. We have made great strides in advancing the Muppet fan community in this episode of Love and Point Collar. <sighs> we sure have. I feel. Yeah. Do you feel good? I feel yeah, good. I feel great. Yeah. Wow. If only I had a segue to another thing I want to talk about. Gosh, that'd be great. Yeah. Steve, what projects have you been working on recently? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I've definitely been keeping busy. Um, the Muppet Cast is still online. Um, I, there's some, and I know I've, there's been some issues with 
downloads and I'm still getting that all resolved and hopefully that's all going to be resolved very soon. Um, but MuppetCast.com is still out there. The episode list is still out there to be consumed and downloaded and enjoyed. Um, I've been definitely keeping busy with my own music. As many people know, I write music and, and sing and play a little bit. And I've been uh, coming up with a few more gigs around town where I live here in Columbus, Ohio, to maybe build up more of a local following as well as an online following. I seem to have figured out the online part. It's the local part that uh, I'm, I'm having so, a lot of fun right now doing some jams around town and, and meeting other people both here and again online and, uh, you know, trading licks and uh, coming up with some new music. Uh, so I'm in the process of uh, recording some new material, like a new album project. Computers are wonderful things and you can do amazing things with a laptop. And so that's coming along. Let's see. There's a, uh, well, there's a new podcast project. Hey, there's there's something to talk about. Ooh. Yes. Um, so I'm still a huge huge fan of podcasts and I, I love listening to uh well to like I said to your so to your show JD and there's a lot of other uh podcasts in the there's, there's of course there's Frog Kissing which you're also probably aware of as well. Oh, yeah. Love those gals. It's just it's good stuff over there. And um there's just a lot of, of great uh content in the Disney space. And I thought, you know, I, I still want to do a podcast and life has uh given me another opportunity to to get back into that. And uh, just like when I started the Muppet Cast, I don't want to do something that everyone else is doing. So uh, I thought, let's just do more of a general talk format with, you know, I've met so many great podcasters over the years and become friends with uh, so many great people, both podcaster and listener, but people who have uh, great stories to tell. And they don't always fit into the uh, neat little format of a Muppet or Disney podcast about the parks or about movies or, or whatever's going on in these entertainment companies that we love to consume their content. But there are some amazing people out here in these communities. And uh, I want to talk to them about their stories. And I, I think, you know, especially in the Disney and the Muppet online fan space, we all have a lot to learn from each other. And so maybe that's, that's where I can be the most use right now. And so I have decided to start up a new show. And it's called The Backstage Podcast. The name comes from the, uh, well, all the places in Walt Disney World where we're not allowed to go when we go in the parks. Because I'm a huge Walt Disney World fan. And I think yeah. most people probably know that. Um, you see really? those little signs You're that say... You're a fan of uh, Disney? I had no you know, idea. I, I dabble. I dabble. It would you know. be such a coincidence if you were also a fan of the Muppets. I mean, that'd be such I know, a right? That this, the, it's, it's rare for those two things to overlap, I know. But I'm one of, the, I'm one of those rare cases, J.D. I just am. Wow. But, you know, you, you go to the parks and you see these, these signs that say cast members only or employees only. And uh, just like uh, in real life, you know, the, if life is a stage, there's a lot more that goes on backstage to make the show on stage happen. And the backstage podcast is the show that talks about a lot of that stuff and just kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'll share some of my story and I, I hope to uh, come upon a lot of people to share theirs as well. And it's one of those things where we can get together, have a lot of fun. It's sort of an unstructured format. It's not a four, it's not a segment driven show like the Muppet cast was, but um, well, I think I've learned a few things about podcasting over the years and I think it's going to be a really interesting show, something very unique that the community doesn't have yet. Uh, so it's another offering that I can get out there and uh, just have a lot of fun and, and meet even more people and have even more fun. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Right. 
Whatever you say, Steve. Whatever as I long say. As, as, as long as you'll promote my show, whatever you say. I'll. That's right. I will. Yes. And this can be found at... Backstagepod.com. Nice. So if we go to backstagepodcast.com, that'll go to somewhere completely different. That is not right? where you want to go. Yes. In fact, okay. um, I don't even want to talk about where that'll take you. So don't even try it. Just backstagepod and then stop. Backstagepod.com. So you can still get a hold of me through all the old channels, too. I mean, like I said, MuppetCast.com is still up there. The Twitter feed is still at MuppetCast. I mean, that's still very active, and I still shoot Muppet things out there and sometimes play some trivia games on that. Um, should I give my email address? Do you, do you want to hear that? Oh, goodness. It's been years since I've heard that. Please do it for old time's sake. <laughs> well, the, the, the email address is me, M-E, at MuppetCast.com, and you can always find me there, as well as Twitter and Facebook and Skype and all sorts of funny, fuzzy, furry things uh, that lead back to me. But that's that's the main website and the main email address right there. Now, now, if I could just get you to say, because life should be more fun, then I'd be then I'd be all set. Oh, from from, uh, from, from my buddy at Bell Book and Comics. Yeah, I remember. I that's one of those things that always stuck out to be uh, always oh, stuck yes. out to me about the Muppet Cast because I always thought, you know, if I was ever to do one episode of this show that was a parody of the Muppet Cast, at the very beginning, I would say because life. And I would do my whole show before I finally close by saying, should be more fun. <laughs> it's just great, isn't it? That's right. My, my buddy Pete, uh, Pete Bell, his last name is actually Bell. He lives in Dayton, Ohio, and he still has Bell Book and Comic. It's one of the best comic book shops out there. Comic book stores, I guess, don't have a very long shelf life, haha, as it were. They, they tend to come and go, but he is still out there going strong. In fact, he's opened up more floor space because... As far as comics and games and board games and hardbacks and softbacks, he's he's got it all. So he's still out there at bellbcomic.com. Bell Book and Comic because life. So this has been a great show, JD. Thanks. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great having you. And so everyone listening, be sure to check out what Steve is doing over at backstagepod.com. And Steve, thank you once again. Nice talking to you. Should be more fun. There we go. Okay, I have one more clip from my talk with Steve that I just couldn't find a good place for in what you just heard, so I'll play that right after these brief announcements, and of course there'll be fun outtakes after the credits. First, I should address that between the time that I recorded this talk with Steve and the time you're hearing it, FrogFan76 and I have been discussing the possibility of him coming on the show. He's a very busy guy, of course, because he has to keep up with all the Muppet news since he's the bestest Muppet fan on the web. He works hard to make great videos that we all enjoy, and he's got that campaign to become the next Pope that he's working on, not to mention all the other media and press that try to interview him all the time. So if you want to help me out and make FrogFan76 like me more to increase the odds of him coming on the show, be sure to vote for him as Pope. The next order of business is that Seasons 4 and 5 t-shirt Steve and I were talking about. I have the t-shirt in the MuppetHub.com store right now, but it's only what I was able to throw together myself quickly. If you have a design you'd like me to use for it, or even just an idea, please send that my way in an email. Like I said, my email address is jd11pc at gmail.com. I just have to make sure I don't get in trouble for using copyrighted names, characters, or images in the design for the shirt. Lastly, I am proud to announce that Muppet Hub has been given exclusive access to the news about an upcoming toy from Sesame Workshop and Tyco. So, here is the audio from their next line of ticklish toys, the Tickle Me Steve Swanson doll. Ha 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 
We're so lucky to to do what we do and be a part of this fan community. I mean, no one gave us permission, and we don't get paid for for doing what we do. But we have these talents to to offer people, to uh, to give them something, to let them experience what we love because they love it too. And we get to not only make this great content, but make these connections. And there are so many great people. Not just, I mean, like like you and, and Ryan and, and Joe and Ryan from Tough Pigs and Haltine and, and Kim and, and all these amazing people in this fan community, but not only content creators, but just people who like what we do and write and say, hey, I like that episode or, or hey, I've got a story to, to share with you on your show. And it's, I mean, I've made lifelong friends from listeners of the Muppet cast, people that I still talk to now and... Uh, you know, I'm, I count myself among, you know, some of the very luckiest people that I know that I was able to, uh, well, first that I just had the guts to get up and do this, but that they liked it so much that they also reached out the same way that I kind of reached out with the, the stuff that I produced and said, you know, I got, I got nothing but a bunch of Muppet stuff and, and some time and some, some audio and some skills putting, putting it all together. And I hope you guys like it as much as I do, because here it is. You know, and and it's it's a it's an amazing amazing community, and uh, we're all really lucky to be a part of it. And if that doesn't make you nostalgic about the Muppet Cast, I don't know what will. But be sure to check out Steve's new stuff at backstagepod.com. Until next time, waka waka, wubba wubba, and weeba weeba. Yeah, for some reason I always have to plug in an external webcam, even though I have a webcam and microphone built into my computer. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. it's. I figured uh, that out with the interview with Ryan Dozier when I figured out how to deal with a lot of other interesting things. Um, oh, isn't... It's always an interesting game, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm checking the levels right now. I was actually going to ask you, would you like me to record my voice separately and send you a separate file, or is it easier for you to record both of us together, or what would you prefer? Well, if it's possible for you, I mean, if it's easy for you to have a recording on your end in case my recording randomly explodes, that would be helpful. Sure. Yeah. Oh, believe me, as a, I, 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 I tend to know how things can go wrong being a podcaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. No, and, and I have, I have to say, I, I, I've listened to your show. I love what you're doing, JD. Uh, although I have to say, because because you had Dozier on, 
I've got to give him a little crap at the beginning of our segment. So just kind of go with me and then we'll, we can go anywhere you want. But I like, I, you remember when Dozier was on with like Joe and Ryan and I like, yeah, we, I, I have to get him. Okay. So. Sure. Okay. Whatever you want. <laughs> just whatever I say, like it's a joke. It really is. Yeah. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You've got good instincts. Like it's, it really comes together. The whole production comes together really nicely. Thank you. You should listen to the first 15 episodes of the show. And, and oh, then I know I do. know what you mean there. Yeah, we can we can both talk about our early episodes. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, we can jump right in whenever you want. Um, sure. I'll do I my introduction, and I'll probably edit in a different introduction later. I think sure, I learned that. Not from, a problem. I think I I think I learned that from you. I um, think you might have. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yep. I am ready. Uh, I am standing by. Well, you know, you can sit down because we're going to do this for a little while. So. Oh, 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 good. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get I'll get comfy then. All right. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. So here I am with everyone. Uh, mess it up already. Okay. Take two. Peter Linz, when I met him a couple months ago, complimented me on my Frank Oz impression, which is one of the most meaningful things to ever happen to me in my life. I really like that. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of a big deal when a Sesame Street puppeteer says you do a good Frank Oz. But yeah, what what happened there was I I was just doing this... um, doing one of the things at the workshop, the Beyond the Sock workshop, and it was some exercise, and... The idea was that we would have these puppets come into the shot, they would say hello to one another, one puppet would leave, and then the puppet that had just come in would take the center, and then another puppet would come in and they'd shift in positions, and it was just this thing we all lined up and all did it in in cycles, and so when we did it the first time, I had a puppet that was doing my voice, and so it ended up being all high and squeaky because I was nervous at the time, and so I wasn't able to make a joke because I was nervous. There was a joke I had in mind that I really wanted to make, but it just didn't seem right for this nervous guy. And then the second time I came around, I picked up a grumpy puppet, and I thought, well, what's the right voice for this? And I thought, low Frank Oz. I'm going for that low Frank Oz construction worker, and he's gonna talk like this. And Yeah, that's good. Yeah, And so... uh when, once I did that, then he was able to make that joke that was making fun of what we were doing, and it sounded totally natural just because I changed the voice. And the change in voice came from looking at the puppet. So that was an interesting learning experience for me, and I just took up all the all this time when it was supposed to be focused on you. And, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, no, no. That, I, I, I have, see, but now I have to ask, have, have you done a lot of that voice on on your show yet? What do you mean? What voice are you? The the Sam Eagle. Oh no, I I don't. I've I've probably done that voice once on the show before, maybe. But can you do me? Can you do me a little favor? Okay, sure. What? Can you can can you ask what about my Propecia? I'm sorry. What? You know, from very very my very very merry Muppet Christmas special though. What about my Propecia? I do. Where he's got that comb over. I don't remember that line. Um, and, you, and you call yourself a Muppet It's been podcaster. forever since I've seen that particular special, because there's been so much other stuff to watch since then that I don't need to watch wow. things like that one. But Wow. And you know, I, I, what's sad is I know you're going to edit this part out, because I just called you out, didn't I? No, it's fine. I don't care. I'm leaving, I'm leaving this <laughs> stuff in. Are you kidding? This is the fun part. It'll, it'll be in somehow. It might be in the bloopers at the oh, end, good. but it'll be in. Oh, oh, it's yeah. got to be there. Yes, it has to. Please. Okay. Oh, that's I, what. All right. So, what at, about at the, the um, at the end at the end of our conversation? I will. Yes. I will do that for you. 
And you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do that as a favor for you later if you want. But um, then I might can, ask you. Can you do the uh, Can you do the up chuck from the the Muppet Vision pre-show? No, I can't remember that either. Oh. Oh again? Oh wow. Uh, my memory is horrible. Oh. I have the worst memory. This ever. must be really embarrassing for you. Oh, oh yeah. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I, I do have oh. a horrendous okay. memory. Okay. Well, I I love the voice though. That's very very good and. Um, uh, do you? I mean, do you do a lot of puppeteering? Oh well, I don't know if you know about the videos that we do here on my website at MuppetHub.com. Um, but yeah, we do. Um, M- MuppetHub.com. What a wonderful name for a website! Like seriously, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, I was uh, because I had been using a name that I didn't like for my website for a very long time due to uh, certain complicated reasons. But then I thought, well, uh, yeah, what could I change it to that has Muppet in the name that expresses a place where all the Muppetational stuff comes together? And I and what would what's not already taken? And Muppet Hub just seemed so perfect. I was so glad that's that that hadn't been taken yet. I love it. It's especially good because my homepage, uh, it has some original content, but it also just has a lot of links to everyone else's Muppet fan sites because I don't want to have to bother to cover the news <laughs> since Tough Pigs and the Muppet Mindset do that so well already. Um, so one of the things that I do that's original content on the website is videos, and I do use my puppetry uh, for those videos, particularly the Puppet Rants videos, which is a series I've been working on for quite a while now. So That's fantastic. Well, uh, now I just got to pick one of these other things to talk about and sure. edit that sentence out of the show. Let's just switch gears. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I don't know how much more time you have. I know we've been talking for quite a while now. Oh, let's um, do like, we can do like 20 more minutes. I'm good with that. All right. Yeah, I'm, I always try to get at least 20 to 30 minutes of uh, what's going to end up being in the show after I edit it all down. Oh, sure, um, sure. So, yeah, I think we've already gotten a lot of that, but... Um, oh, did you, did so, you see online about the uh, announcement that I, I I sort of alluded to online, but I'm actually starting another podcast. Um, and would it, it by any chance be the backstage podcast? It would, in fact, yes. Um, I have that website open right now. Cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, if you, like, just, like, as a a way to wrap up at the end. You're like, yeah, hey, you I was, I was we'll planning on wrapping there. up by asking about, um, what projects you're working on now. I was, I was, I had Perfect. in mind the backstage podcast and I was also wondering about the other Steve, um, what that oh, is. Cause that, 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 that idea sort of came and went, I mean, I, I still have the URL, but I, I started out with the other Steve idea and then decided, you know what? I'm not done podcasting yet. I'm going to do this thing instead. So it's it's more of like a, like a talk format kind of thing. It's it's based on the Disney community, and, and I want to have like I, I would love to have you actually come on as my guest as just sort of like Ooh. a general talk format thing. Yay! Um, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So so that's the other Steve sort of bled into the uh, the backstage podcast idea. So that's the one I'll really be talking about when, when we wrap okay. up. Okay. In that case, I will not mention the other Steve.net. It will just be in this part of the blooper reel. I'll stick at the end, I guess. Yeah, great. Um, so you you do understand, though. I, I I want the bloopers at the end of this show to be good. So you have to be really really funny. Okay. okay I'll I'll do my best. All right. We could make some more Ryan Dozier jokes. We could. Yeah. Okay. Except I think of our. I'm already gonna get in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> well, I've. Well, I today on the day we're recording this, I released an article of. Um, uh, 15 things to see on the Muppet Mindset. 
Hey, can, can, can I tell you? Can I tell you a story about why Ryan Dozier is actually bad luck? Well, let me just finish what I was. Okay, say. go ahead. I'm it's sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. Yeah. In, in that article I released, I actually said that one of the things that people should check out is the first post on the Muppet Mindset just to see where he's come from where he started. And so oh, I think yeah. just for that, I'm bound to get in some trouble because he said, don't go to 2009, and I'm suggesting going to the first thing from 2009. And that's exactly what you're telling people to do, yes. Well, Sorry, I, tell your story about Ryan Dozier. No, this I, will I, be fun for oh, the I, I can I can prove why Ryan Dozier is, is just bad luck because he actually uh, flew into Columbus, Ohio uh, to mm-hmm. come visit me. He and I were going to put on a joint... Muppet cast, Muppet mindset, fan meet. Um, or was it going to be a takedown like Man versus Muppet? No, well, the, going to yeah, wrestle this each was, other? This was a knockdown, drag out fight between two okay. Muppet fans. Yes, exactly. No, it was going to actually be a uh, Muppet fan screening of um, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and probably your favorite of mine, Muppet Family Christmas. And right. uh, we were going to be doing this at this uh, really cool little creative space here in Columbus. I had already rented it out. Um, gotten some of the promotional materials out there. Ryan Dozier was traveling from wherever he lives in Illinois to come out here to Columbus to meet up with me, and, and uh, he stayed at my house for the weekend, and we were going to put on this event. And the biggest snowstorm to come through in years hit on December 10th, the day that it was going to happen. I, I, I think... I think half a dozen people, and, and Dozier can confirm or deny this, but I, I there might have been half a dozen people that came out. But they did come out, and Ryan and I, you know, we were still, we were there. We co-presented this thing. We slogged it out through a couple feet of snow, uh, uphill, <laughs> barefoot, with our nothing but our puppets to keep us warm. And uh, no, not really, but... It was a huge snowstorm, and Ryan, uh, I'm sure, will remember that, too. It was actually really funny, um, just that we got through it, you know, because it was one of these, like, oh, my God, nobody showed up. <laughs> Maybe we should never do this again, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an amazing, an amazing community, and uh, we're all really lucky to be a part of it. Now, all of that stuff that you just said about the Muppet fan community, that was trailing off of the end of what was going to be in the bloopers at the end. So now I have to find a way to edit that in to some earlier part of the show. See, now I went and made it all emotional and sweet, didn't I? Yeah. I right. do that. I will I will find a way to work that in earlier in the show. <laughs> the, the, um, the Ryan Dozier interview, I actually took some stuff that we talked about long after we wrapped and just found a way to move it in earlier that seemed... It seemed logical because I could. Oh, um, and you know what really got me about that? That all the extra stuff, too? I, I don't know who FrogFan76 is either. I just want to chime in there. But, oh my gosh, when you mentioned that, it's like, oh, yes, I never found that out. And I always wished I had found that out. And that's... Wait, let's... sorry. Now, I what I want to do then is I actually want to be able to easily put this into an earlier part of the show. So <laughs> now I'm going to ask you officially... I feel. Yeah. Do you feel good? I feel yeah. good. I feel great. Yeah. Wow. If only I had a segue to another thing I want to talk about. Gosh, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, now we have to wrap up anyway, so... Okay, all right. So, Steve, what other projects have you been, uh, have you been working on recently? I, well, why should I say other? Let's uh, take two. What... <laughs> should be more fun. There we go. <laughs> and cut. And scene. Yep. <laughs> I like that. I'm doing that now at the end of every interview saying, and cut. I like that.
I, I, that's that. That's very good. Yes. So you. Oh. Go ahead. Ooh, now that that's done, um, so you, um, it's so exhausting to keep up that voice for so long. Now I can, now I can finally talk in my normal voice. Isn't it uh, great? It's, it's so, it's so much more relaxing. Yeah, I don't have to do that ridiculous announcer voice. That's um, right. But, uh, so yeah, you, you wanted me to say what as Sam the Eagle? Oh, it was, um, but what about my Propecia? But what about... My okay. How do you spell Propecia? P R O, P R O. Didn't you graduate high school? I did, oh but gosh. I don't. All right, uh, P R O, P R O. Uh, P E C I A. Yeah, I'm not seeing this clip, so for all I know, you're making it up. But <laughs> oh no, I'm, I assure I'm, you, I'm gonna. Well, what's what's the tone? What's the tone in which he says it? He's outraged because this is the point of the movie where Kermit says, "Well, guys, if we're gonna if we're gonna pull through, we're gonna have to defer our wages for uh, about a year." And everyone goes, huh, huh, "Oh my gosh!" Chatter, chatter, shocked and appalled. And Sam goes, well, "What about my Propecia?" And just as he says that, the camera uh, switches scenes to go back to Kermit. But you hear Scooter in the background go, "That's not a toupee." And that's like extreme Muppet fan trivia, but it's 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 great. Yeah, it, it, it's actually it's Kevin Clash performing yeah. Sam in that little instance. Great. Now I gotta do. Now I can't just imitate Sam the Eagle. I have to imitate Kevin Clash as right. Sam the Eagle. And that's that's where it really sucks, right? Now I've got to <sighs> do. Now I have to imitate a Muppeteer imitating a Muppet character, which is just crazy. All right. I'll give it a shot, and I'll even do multiple takes if you want. I pre- you know what would be the the only thing I think <clears throat> that could be more complicated than that than that <clears throat> would be Frog Fan seventy six imitating a Muppeteer imitating a character. How crazy would that be? Uh, you, uh. I know I, I just like blew your mind, didn't I? Oh, that hurts. Um. <laughs> Oh gosh, uh, I'm trying to think if there's a way to do that, and I can't think of it. I I don't know that there is. Um, well, you could do like um. <clears throat> but what about my Propecia? Oh my okay. gosh, that's perfect! Oh my gosh, do that again. Do that without my voice. <laughs> well, my keep in mind my recording is separate from yours. Oh, the, I, then you've got it. You've got yeah, it. Yeah, the the way that I recorded this is I have my handy dandy Zoom H2. Another thing I stole from you, I think. Are you um, now, are you on the Zoom H2 or the Zoom H2n? Just the H2. I I wore out my H2. Can you believe that? Wow. Like I'm on my second well, one now. <laughs> well, right now I've I've got it hooked up to um it's well it's not hooked up to anything actually. I don't have it hooked up to the computer. So what you're hearing is the uh, microphone in my webcam, and what's recording my voice is actually that mic, and so it's just being saved to a little um, little teeny disc oh. inside of the mic. I'm so glad I taught you something. That's exactly <laughs> how I did this for years. Really? That's, 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 yes. is, that, is that what you're doing right now? Yes, like, that's exactly it? what I'm doing. I'm talking to you on Skype on my Android phone. The, ear, the, the headphones are going from the phone to me, and I'm just that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm talking into my Zoom, and that's recording dry. Yeah. So, so that's is that how you would always have the recordings as two separate tracks, so that you wouldn't have to every week. Yep. Every interview. That's exactly what I did. Because I didn't want to use the I didn't want to use the Skype 
uh, recorder software that I would have to pay a ton of money for. No, it's awful. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And so what I had to figure out, I think just a couple of days before my interview with Ryan, is how am I going to record them separately? So I set up uh, just, I'm sure you're familiar with Audacity. Very, yeah. I set that up because it's nice free software to record the stereo mix, just the sound that comes right out of my computer. So that's recording your side of the conversation. And I've got the Zoom totally disconnected recording onto a little disc, my side, and I've got the headphones on so there's no overlapping. So My process was very similar to that. It wasn't exactly like that, but it was very, very similar. So do you put your show together in Audacity? I do because I don't feel like paying for anything better. I probably could find something better. And I've played with other software before. Like, I have some experience with Pro Tools, but I don't know that oh, that's gosh. the best thing for that. No, um, no. Yeah, I, I imagine it wouldn't be. That's that's great for music. I've Pro used Tools that to is put so to... overkill, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't know what the best stuff to use is for podcasting. I'm guessing as I go along. Well, I can tell you, I used, uh, so, and I'm still using, uh, Sony Acid Pro to do my stuff. And okay. I've never found a better software piece for and I'm on PC as well that's my disclaimer I'm not a Mac person but but I think they make a flavor of it for Mac even as well but um dude yeah uh, Acid Pro is is amazing because you can adjust you, you can automate all of your volumes as you play from left to right so like if I'm talking and I have another another track that is my um my background music I can just set mm-hmm. the volume level ahead of time so that when it plays it automatically turns down at the curve the volume curve that I tell it, and it's not hard. No. I mean, it's uh, if it was hard, I wouldn't be using it. But yeah. it was. It, that's always been a really good one for me. That's that's oh, that's cool. I wish I had that. I I spend forever trying to figure out um, how I could get the background music on my show to be audible, but not so loud that it takes away from my voice. And I would be playing with compressor and eq and so much stuff and i still have to play with a lot of that sometimes to make it work but i just remember listening to your podcast going how am i hearing his voice and the music at the same time but i can still hear what he's saying i don't get it so you i think i got frog fan 76 as kevin clashes but what about my oh my gosh i can't believe it um (laughs) did you did you have anything else you wanted me to say sam eagle i feel like there was one other thing you mentioned um no, I think that's that's probably pretty good. Okay. Uh, unless good. you unless you ever feel the need to do the bit about him, uh, you know, all the animals being completely naked, which I would die laughing if you ever did that. But oh, oh, you mean like the from the edit you did? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. Just, just the, the entire uncut, but not not the bit that I cut together, which which oh. still makes me laugh. But you know, the the whole uh, the whole bit from uh, the the whole speech. I forget exactly how he framed it, but if if I I. I obviously remember that i love that speech i just can't remember every word of it yeah I, I, well yeah. i i do definitely remember enjoying your editing when i first heard um <laughs> yeah i am completely naked <gasps> is that disgusting yeah <clears throat> but what about my propecia okay but how will i afford my propecia okay but how will I afford my Propecia? It is the bestest Propecia on the web.